Breakdown. I'm your host, Mikey Ryan, live from the Hive, joined by my boy, Tommy V, from the land of Disney. Tommy, how are you this Memorial Day weekend? Um, I'm blessed, man. Uh, sorry if I sound a little bit wonky right now. Obviously, I'm uh, doing this on my phone because my normal setup has been affected because my uh, AC went out. So uh, my complex, they're working on that. So I'm at the my fiance's sister's on the phone, just trying to keep it real. But um, listen, man, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a cool time. We've got a lot of a lot of cool and exciting things to talk about in the, in the world of hockey. Uh, you know, obviously, including the fact that uh, the NHLPA, uh, you know, took a, a preliminary vote, uh, you know, on our uh, on our 2014, you know, uh, playoff schedule that's, uh, you know, been proposed. And it passed with flying colors with the exception of two teams that being the hurricanes and the lightning. I imagine that the lightning saw that they were going to end up playing the Islanders and got really scared, which I get. I'd be scared too. you know, a bunch of, a bunch of wimps, you know, uh, across over to the West bums me out, but you know what is what it is, man. Let's get some hockey going. Yeah. You know, it is the, the first step. There's probably five or six more steps like back and forth between the owners and then the players associate association, but it's a good sign. I I, yeah. I think, you know, there, there was a few weeks where they were saying like, Oh, there might be hockey in July, but then like nothing was coming out like to make me believe it. And then I was seeing like other hockey leagues calling it quits for the season. I was getting yeah. really, really scared. But yep. then last night that vote came out and I was like, all right, we're, we're making progress and trending in the right direction. Yep. I think it's just so funny that the two teams that voted no are the Hurricanes and the Lightning. Like, do you guys even know hockey? Do you even like hockey? Like, do you not want it to come back? What, what's up? Why? Do, I wonder, like, why do you think they would have voted no? Like, I'm sure they like wanted to come back and play hockey, but like maybe it was like some of the terms of how they proposed, you know, how camps would work or or how, uh, you know, like we, you know, they'd, they'd get back into it. Maybe that they felt weren't right i wonder what it was i think it makes sense for the lightning because the lightning are one of those teams that would have a first round buy and mm-hmm. like we said on the last episode that's not really the greatest uh like I, I i think about like college basketball yeah you know when you have the ncaa tournament having that first round buy is 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 good like you know you, you get to to rest up a little bit let the tournament play out for for a round but then like hockey which you know they're even saying that they want to instead of doing like a a five game uh opening round they they actually are discussing doing like a seven best of seven wow where that could be like an extended amount of time that yeah that's a lot that's a lot of hockey because you figure so the way it's essentially going to work is it's it really is the Stanley Cup playoffs, except for one extra quote unquote playing round. So, you know, the, the, you're going to have the four teams that have the buy. So essentially you're going to have 20 teams or rather, no, eight teams get buys. My apologies for each conference. So you've got 16 teams playing in. So once those preliminary rounds are done, then you've got essentially what is your normal Stanley Cup playoff scenario, which is best of seven all the way throughout. So, 
you know, I was kind of hoping that they were going to do a best of five, um, you know, just to keep it moving along number one and not making it excruciating. But I mean, like, that's a lot of hockey. I mean, not, not that I'm going to, you know, complain about getting more hockey, but you know, for the players, I mean, especially coming off of three or four months of not doing anything, man, that, you know, that could, that could be catastrophic, especially for some of the older guys, you know? So that's one of the things that, you know, if this rolls through, uh, that I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how it affects players, if there's a lot more injuries, well, of course, which you never want to see, but, you know, it's par for the course. I, I, I agree, you know, coming cold and then going into the Stanley Cup playoffs is definitely probably going to take a toll on people's bodies. But I, I also think like the Hurricanes are thinking back to, to last playoffs when they swept the Islanders who came off a bye, like not off a bye, but off of like, you know, winning, sweeping their series and then having yep. like an extended break. Time. Yep. And, then, and then the Hurricanes, like after sweeping the Islanders, were like sitting around waiting for Boston, the Boston series. Yep. And then they ended up getting swept. So like, I think they're, they're worried about those extended breaks, but sure. Whatever. Like I, I can... I can see where they're coming from, but at the end of the day, you're a bunch of nerds and dweebs and I <laughs> want hockey and I don't care who is playing. I just want to watch some hockey and I want to see the Stanley cup raised because in 2005, 2006, when we, uh, 2004, 2005, when yep. we didn't yep. have it, it was depressing. So, Oh yeah, absolutely, I, man. I really love that we are, making progress in negotiations and hopefully by the time we drop our next episode we will have a more clear picture and we could talk about some matchups and seedings and do some like pre-playoff shows and all that so hopefully fingers crossed say a little prayer to you prayer to the hockey gods that things go smooth and we can pick this up yeah absolutely man and you know that's I'll be giving a prayer to the hockey gods every night. But uh, so we've got a, uh, you know, a cool interview coming up. Uh, Mikey, you want to give us a little bit of uh, insight about uh, who we're interviewing this time around? Yeah. So we have Travis Slack, the drummer from this band Telltale, who are on Sharp Tone Records, uh, came across the band on a Spotify playlist because I am an old geezer and that's how I find out about music these days. And I feel like I could have been a good A&R guy for a label because when I hear something like the first time, I I have a pretty good ear for like what's hip and, and, and sounds good. And no joke, Telltale was one of those bands, just like the home team, that like 10 seconds into their song Rose, I was like, damn, this band has got it, man. And then I went back and, and checked out the rest of their discography and yeah they fucking got it so um i I really expect big things out of telltale and i think playing that richmond home hometown show with grayscale and points north is going to be huge for them because yeah for sure because grayscale is drawing huge numbers these days they're they they they're probably like top five pop punk pans at the at this time if i had Mm -hmm. like you know list them out Sure. So I think that's huge for Telltale to get the nod and, and get that recognition. And uh, it's kind of cool. We talk about 
Broadside being like another hometown heroes band from Richmond. And Mm -hmm. then no joke on Friday, they announced that they are signing to the same label as Telltale. So it'd be cool to see, you know, a Telltale Broadside tour. I'm sure Sharp Tone would would love that. So Of course, yeah. I guess we can get right to the interview, but before we do that, I do want to thank all our active service men and women and all of those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice, you know, defending our country since this episode will be dropping on Memorial Day. And, you know, politics aside, I think we can all agree that, you know, we 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 have to just sit back and remember all of those who have served in any of our branches of the armed forces and we appreciate you and I, I think that's a good point for us to go and talk with Travis about Telltale and the Washington Capitals. Absolutely man. Couldn't have said it better myself. Enjoy our interview with Travis from Telltale. See you on the other side. Travis Slack of Telltale. Travis, man, how are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm excited to be here. This is really cool. I haven't gotten an opportunity like this before, so it's oh, interesting awesome. for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, how are you de- doing? It's definitely a very specific podcast, if, if you could say the least. Like, you have to like a very specific genre of music and a very specific sport, but somehow it's worked, and uh, there's tons of people from this music scene that just happen to like the two two things that we talk about. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm going to be honest. I gave a few like, you know, a few second listens, but I haven't sat down with a whole podcast y'all done yet. So I'm excited to see how this goes. Yeah. Very I feel excited. like uh, podcasting has taken kind of, it, it's the listeners have kind of taken a little bit of a break since we've been on the pandemic because they're not commuting to work like they used to, or, you know, right. throwing it. And, and that's typically when people are, are listening to podcasts, but 
as things are slowly back, you know, opening back up, I feel like it's going, people are going to be spinning podcasts again for sure. Hell yeah. So is there a no, no, no cursing rule? No, 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 no. We just let it fly. We keep it fun, man. All right. Word, word. So, um, I I guess just to launch in quick question for you. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, I noticed that the, you know, the newest record that you guys put out, uh, you guys had linked up with, uh, with, with sharp tone. And I mean, I know they've, uh, you know, they've done some stuff with, uh, like a Muir and like, uh, uh, you know, some other kind of like, you know, heavier bands. And I think they've done, uh, like currents and a bunch of bands. So how, how'd you guys, uh, end up getting linked up with them to, uh, have them put this release out? So we started the band and it kind of fizzled out from like other local projects. And it was apparent that all of us were much more focused in like, all right, we want to get a deal. We want to get that sort of stuff moving instead sure. of existing. And there's a very thriving DIY culture in Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just more about, you know, trying to be serious and focus. Um, we had our first EP, Good Intentions, recorded, and we just sent it off to a few different record labels. Um, Sharp Tone messaged us back, said, cool. Um, you know, I like what you guys are doing keep it up so you know we we had a few labels that were encouraging us to keep going so we really hit the road and tried to tour as much as possible and when it came down to it sharp tone was really understanding of the vision we had for this next record the full length that we're hopefully going to put out shortly um awesome yeah so they're just really cool into like not letting us do what we want but encourage that creativity and that wasn't apparent in a lot of other conversations we had with other labels Excellent, man. Uh, yeah. that, that's awesome to hear. I mean, it's you kind of hear those stories sometimes about, uh, you know, record labels like, you know, stifling creativity or record labels kind of wanting you to write, um, you know, a record that kind of fits their their discography more than, you know, adapting themselves to fit into the bands and, and trust their vision. So it's definitely really cool to cool to hear that you guys um, were given that that amount of kind of levity to 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 make it work. Um, so I, I know you had kind of mentioned, uh, that you got a new record coming out, um, or hopefully coming out. So that record, uh, that's done. It's just kind of waiting. Um, Corona actually threw that off for us. Pretty, pretty good. We had some LA oh, dates. Yeah. We went out to LA to go write uh, a little bit with Zach Jones from my enemies and I, and then John oh. London from point North. Um, and we were supposed to go and, and get in the studio and, hash these tracks out but then corona hit and we were like we don't want to get stuck in la we're just gonna go home and pause it and see what happens so the record is in our minds done but it hasn't been recorded yet unfortunately but we have the music so i wish i could tell you anything about it when it's coming out but you know oh yeah it's frozen right now we get that but uh that that's awesome that you guys are already like scheming and writing to to put out your next release when timeless youth came out in 2019 so you guys are moving quick yeah yeah we knew um when we wrote timeless youth we actually ended up with a lot more songs um than what we wanted and we knew like okay we want to do an ep not an lp we're not an old enough band that people are going to care about 12 tracks you know so we cut three put out the seven and then we've been putting out uh won't be me that single breathe that single um and then what a shame is another single so we're just trying to bridge the gap 
until the record's done with the singles that we have left. Oh, if nice. that makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. totally makes sense. And then yeah. I saw that um, recently Grayscale is, is doing some, like, I, I, I wouldn't say local shows, but shows along the, the East Coast, and they, it looks like they're playing a Richmond date, and it's got Telltale and Points North on it as well, right? Yep, yep. We just announced that yesterday. Um, I'm super excited. I've never seen Grayscale, but I've heard nothing but good things. Um, and that's, I think it's September 14th is the date or something, which is kind of scary, you know, like, okay, there's no more shows until September. It's like, good Lord. But, um, yeah, I'm super stoked for that one. That one's going to be a very, very full room. So, yeah, which is awesome. Now, so uh, just, you know, for context, like it's funny. So, you know, you kind of touched on, on how, you know, Richmond does have a really thriving, you know, DIY scene. Richmond has, uh, has cranked out a lot of like great bands, man. You know, I think about, um, you know, strike anywhere and down to nothing and even like municipal waste and like all those kind of bands. So like, I feel like it's, um, you know, very like kind of like front forward, like kind of like, you know, like punk and like hardcore culture. Um, you know, like what, what would you say? Like, you know, maybe being a little bit more on like the pop punky side of things. Like, do you think that Richmond has like a really buzzing, uh, like like pop punk kind of like emo scene as well um yeah you you mentioned before like hardcore and metal are really big here because guar's from here and down to nothing and stuff um, yeah so that's super big um i would see ask me the question one more time i'm sorry no no you're fine so pretty much what i was asking is like you know so like um you've got like a like a pretty deep like you know hardcore and metal scene you got like a pretty deep like kind of punk scene you know like when you talk about like you know like strike anywhere and like all those kind of bands and yeah uh, so like as far as pop punk is concerned do you think that that richmond has a thriving enterprise there or is it like a little bit does it take a back seat to that other kind of stuff um pop punk is kind of a four-letter word these days it's like nobody wants to be called a pop punk band but they're also playing pop punk Uh, (laughs) so i would say that um no the the pop punk scene isn't thriving but the emo scene the shoegaze that stuff is really really blowing up right now um which is good to see because when i was growing up in richmond it was all about the hardcore scene so now seeing indie stuff take off is pretty fascinating so but i like richmond it's small yeah you know i've I've got a, a good buddy of mine who um grew up you know with with me and mikey and uh you know on long island he moved to uh to virginia and uh he always talks about you know how 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 great it is how uh you know how how much of a thriving community it is uh you know how there are a lot of small businesses and all this kind of stuff and just the ethos is is good so um you know it's always great to hear that you know bands coming out of uh of richmond are, are, are thriving just because uh like i i'm um like i, I go to fest like you know, and if you're familiar with it, you know, fest oh, yeah. up in, uh, in Gainesville every year. And I feel like there's always a huge contingent of, uh, of people from RVA kind of like, you know, playing in bands that are just kind of like held up there and always super cool people. Yeah. Richmond's definitely a, a very awesome city as far as music goes. Um, a lot of the schools around here are like focused primarily on music at a college level um, so you awesome. just get these these really awesome student musicians who show up in the city and they're used to playing you know all their stuff but then they find richmond's heavy music you know you listen to guar for the first time <laughs> something changes in you yeah that's very true man I yeah mean, i got an opportunity to see guar once and uh that 
that do, that does something to you, man. They're they're yeah. they're out there, man. They're wild, but it's cool, man. You know, between the the theatrics and how heavy they are and how really unique they are, um, you know, you might not see anything else like that. Um, you know, I mean, I guess like Reggie in the full effect tries to do like guar kind of shit, like on a really small scale, but yeah. like, but uh, I mean, no one, no one quite is going to do it, uh, do it as well as that. But, uh, but yeah, no, that, so that's cool, man. So as far <laughs> as, um, you know, like, like tour plans, like I know kind of everything was a little bit, you know, shook with what's going on with, with the pandemic and all, but uh, did you guys have, uh, have plans to, to get out there on the road? Uh, we were hoping to do something um, like late July or August um, okay. just to try and kind of get us prepared because our goal for the the fall was a good size support slot. You know, we just went out with Broadside this last yeah. fall. So we wanted something kind of closer to that tier. Okay. Um, but all of that was assuming we would have a record in hand to send to these bands that were trying to get, you know, larger opportunities through. So sure. Not having that right now is a bit of an issue because um, people were like, cool, you know, we're interested. What do you got? And we don't. You know. So it's the virus has definitely thrown the communication out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I don't believe we have any tours that will be like rescheduled. OK, I think everything is just what it is. So, yeah, we want to get it. back out. We love touring in the summer. But, you know, now I got a question on the calls broadside. Yeah. They they don't advertise as a Richmond band, but they are technically a Richmond band, right? Yeah. So Broadside started out of Richmond, and they have um, have changed a few members, and half of their band lives in Orlando, um, and then the other half lives here. So they don't claim Richmond anymore, as far as I know. Um, but I do remember when they first went out to L.A., they printed a shirt that it said Broadside L.A. on it, and it was a big deal. <laughs> uh people still remember it so i don't know i mean i i fucking love broadside they gave us that awesome opportunity and really you know took a chance on us watching us grow up here because i remember broadside was you know the band oh my god they reached the top they got to do all of warp tour they got to tour europe um so just getting them to encourage us and talk to us is just really cool but um I don't know why they don't do RVA anymore. I guess it's like turnover doesn't claim Virginia, even though they're from like the beach scene. Yeah. 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 I feel um, like the last time I saw them, they said they were from North Carolina and I was like, wait, I didn't, I didn't think they were. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're they're changing and and moving people around and stuff. They've went through a lineup change, but um, yeah, Ollie, the lead singer, he's from here and we've been watching him since he was in bands before broadside. So, um, yeah but they're they're hanging on (laughs) yeah you know it's kind of like i think these days now that you know um you know it's really super easy to have like a garage band set up and have um you know like something to you know to record demos and stuff with i mean like you technically could be a band that lives all over the place and still make it work i mean i feel like that's what a lot of these guys are doing um that are in you know, older bands that are still making records. Like, you know, you talk about like, um, like saves a day, for instance, like, you know, half of them live in Nashville. They're across the country in LA, you know, obviously Chris is bouncing around between like, you know, Los Angeles and Jersey and stuff, but you know, you can kind of still make it work, but I guess you just kind of sort of got to rep like where you where like you took your first steps. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, broadside's one of those bands, man, you know, they, they, you know, they, they signed a victory and then like, you know, it's just like, once you get on like one of those, like five or six labels, you know, whether it's 
victory or hopeless or equal vision or triple crown. It's just like, you know, you kind of feel like the sky's the limit, but I feel like sometimes, you know, these labels are so quick to sign people that they don't really give them kind of the, the, the creative, like the due diligence that they should. And then, you know, you end up being like, you know, kind of an afterthought, which is kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah, definitely. It, it would suck really bad to work hard on a record and, and not get it. Uh, when we first started talking with Sharpstone, they wanted that, um, you know, that upbeat, bouncy, pop punk, stuff like City Lights. Yeah, um, yeah okay. At, yeah, and essentially like Newfound Glory 2.0 is, is kind of what yeah. they expected from us coming in. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can hear Timeless Youth is not a Newfound Glory record. Yeah, of course. Um, so they were pleasantly surprised. They wanted something from us. We said, all right, how about this instead? And they really liked that. Uh, being the song Rose is what we said to them. Like, hey, this is what Telltale sounds like. Cool. And they loved it. So, yeah, I feel like they, they never told us, like, no, I want this. I want that. It was just, here's my vision for you guys. What do you think? You know, and it's just feels like a team effort. There's no us versus them. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm thankful. Um, and they, those two dudes have a lot of connections. They work with Sumerian and Fearless and all that stuff. So it's a good label. I like them. I just wish I was playing heavier music at this rate. <laughs> all these heavy bands on my label. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I miss, I miss having the double pedal hooked up, you know? Oh, man. Dude, I, I, uh, I, I, I play drums myself and I was in like, uh, I was kind of in like a, I was in a punk band, like kind of like a 90s style punk band, like Lagwagon, like kind of like that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're... And then uh, I transitioned into like being in a in a post hardcore band, but I always played single pedal. Like I was always like a like a if you're familiar like a like a rat boy like an every time I die kind of dude. Like where I'm just like I don't need to play double pedal. Like I'll just kind of like heel toe it a bunch. And uh, um, but it was just such a blast like going from playing like you know fast fast kind of mm-hmm. punk to like more intricate like post hardcore stuff. And uh, I, I I I dude I I know the feeling man like. Sometimes you just like wake up and you're like, man, I miss this, man, I miss that. But and the nice thing about it is, you know, as you as you grow, you know, even though you're putting all your eggs into this basket, which presumably is what you want to do, you know, you could always, you know, get some buddies together and just start writing some fucking metal, man. Just do oh, it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Bryce and I, my the guitarist in Telltale, um, you know, t- our, our joke is Telltale loves metalcore. That's like our, our big <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, no, I'm trying to write beatdown music, honestly. <laughs> nice. Um, but I, I'd say that's one of the core things about Telltale. We have very, very diverse music tastes. We have our metal guy, our pop guy, our classic rock guy, our our dad rock guy. You know? There you go. It's always good to have a dad rock perspective in there, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always keeping it fun. Now, Travis, growing up in Richmond, um, it really is kind of halfway between Raleigh and DC. So, oh yeah, you you know, as a kid, you really could have picked either team, and you decided to go with the Capitals. And I'm just curious as to how that came about with DC traffic and everything. You're you're just as far away. So I only go and see Capitals games at the PNC Arena and down there because it's so much cheaper to go see the Caps play the Hurricanes there than it is in dc um but i got into them bryce my guitarist um happened to pick up one of the nhl games on sale one day and he was like dude let's play it and we just kind of played around and goofed around with it and ever since then him and i have been super diehard hockey fans um i chose the caps because i'm not originally from virginia i was actually raised in tennessee 
And I came to Virginia. I was like, I got to find a sports team. Fuck the Redskins. I don't like baseball, so I'm not watching the Nats. Capitals, we'll watch some hockey. And I fell in love. It was cool. And, and when you go to PNC games, there's so many Capital fans there. It probably feels like you're at a home, home game anyway. Yeah, yeah, especially I saw the last game they played before they went to the, the playoffs when the Canes beat them. I saw their last regular season game there, and the Caps won, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a city that's ready for the Canes to do something. I, I just see them waiting. Like Vegas. You know, Vegas showed up, and everybody was excited, and then they went to the Cup, and everybody was more excited. I have a good feeling for the Canes. Yeah, but. you know, they're definitely a young, fast team, for sure. You know, the, the people of Raleigh, they're, they're really football fans first. And then definitely once football season ends, they start caring about the Hurricanes. But pretty much. <laughs> and then basketball starts and it's like, well, you know, UNC and Duke. So I guess hockey's just out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's brutal. But yeah, so I like the Caps. How about you? What are y'all's teams? So I, we're actually Islanders and um we're actually both Islander fans. We both, uh, okay, both, yeah, grew up on Long Island, and you know, right, right, right. You said that. Yeah. It's it's some actually. It's kind of funny, you know. Since I've moved to Charlotte, I've started these things called Isles Meetups, and they're all over the country. And uh, we always have a, a huge crowd that goes to the games in PNC Arena when when uh, the Islanders are there. And there's kind of been a, a grassroots rivalry started between us and the Hurricanes, and it's kind of cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Watching it kind of grow up and, and develop. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, normally rivalries are, like, based on, like, what's the closest city to you. Right. Like, the Capitals in uh, New York. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the, stuff like that. The, the fact that, you know, the Islanders are basically 10 to 12 hours away from the Hurricanes and there's still a little bit of bad blood between us, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh... I, I like the fact that the Islanders are so young. That's why I'm excited to watch them grow up and, and you know, turn into the, the fighters that they are or whatever their role may be. But um, so the, the Islanders, I'm not familiar. Who do y'all have rocking on your first line? Do you know? Yeah, so we got Matt Barzell, who is an up-and-coming superstar. I would say, like, in the next three to five years, like, that's going to be a name everyone across the NHL knows if they don't already. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have... Anders Lee, who is kind of just a up front in in the in the in the crease kind of power forward, he, uh -huh. he's uh not the flashiest player, but he's just scores those dirty, ugly, gritty goals. Yeah, and then uh, um Jordan Eberle, who mm -hmm. they got from the Edmonton Oilers. So we we got uh some some names, and we got some you know obviously we got Barry Trotz from the Capitals, so. right? You know, having that world class head coach is just definitely uh, been nice to see because normally we have just dumpster fire coach or coaches. Yeah. Do, do, do you know how the hockey season is going to play out? Are they just done? Are they not doing a cup? Like, does anybody know? There's a lot of talk right now that they want to have the NHL draft in June. Like, so even before the season ends. They just want to have their draft and kind of get it over with. And then that way they can have like a little bit of a training camp. And there's hopes that like July could be the, you know, the season starting back up. That's what I've seen. It's still rumors at this point. Right. But 
that that'd be nice to be able to watch uh, a little hockey over the summer. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Go to the pool, watch a hockey game. <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing mm-hmm. better than that. Right. For sure. So, um, it's cool that you mentioned that a video game had had like made you fall in love with the sport, and it's so funny how many people we talk to that they they say the same thing especially with some of our our younger guests that we have on mm-hmm. yeah i uh I, like i said i grew up in nashville i don't know they have the preds and they're big now but the preds were kind of a joke when i was there i guess um so i hadn't been to like an official professional level sporting event anything football or anything so going to that hockey caps game was my first game ever and um yeah it was just like you know being a little kid again i played football forever so i was super excited and come and see the caps and i feel like video games have a lot of impact on like what young kids do i know if i hadn't played guitar hero 3 i probably wouldn't play guitar right now so i guess we need to start handing out nhl games to kids and and see what these american dudes can do so (laughs) what was what was your first uh like nhl game like which which you know like what year was it which franchise was it i think it was 16 Okay. Was the, was the first one that I got? No, it would have been earlier than that. I'd been like fourteen because I was in high school. So yeah, I was fourteen or thirteen, one of the two. Um, so it, it's kind of funny. So you know, we uh, like I said, we you know, as our episodes have progressed, we've talked to some people that are like a, just kind of like a little bit older, and like their first first uh, like NHL games were like you know NHL like oh five, like oh six, oh seven, and the crazy thing about those games were like. Those were the games that, like they've kind of gotten away from it now, but those games had like the um, those soundtracks on them that were like predominantly alternative. Yeah, you know, the like, new one, the new one's got um, new Green Day and weird stuff on it, which is not quite alternative, but yeah. Yeah, but like, but at least like I guess they're trying to get back a little bit to like having it kind of rock and alternative centric. But like, dude, like they yeah. were like, you know, I, I know like there was an NHL soundtrack that uh, like Portugal the Man was on, and like. I think like Bayside was on one of them and like uh, all of these, uh, like all of these, like, you know, like kind of, you know, punky alternative bands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people would even be like, yeah, like, you know, I bought this soundtrack and uh, or rather like I bought this game and like all of a sudden like the soundtrack popped on and I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? And then now all of a sudden, like you've got, you know, people that are checking out bands simply because like they were, you know, play, playing over a load screen or something, which I think is like such a a, a cool thing, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I missed out on all those games. I was still into football back then, so I was playing Madden, you know, 04 and all that. Sure, but, sure. Um, yeah, no, that's wild. Now, no, man, it, yeah. it's cool, yeah. That's super cool. Now, Travis, now that you kind of exposed how young you are, like, when you were a younger kid, were you into, like, the Mighty Ducks franchise? Um, Not really. All right, so this is weird. Um, I am 23 years old but I was raised um, with no internet, no TV, no nothing like that. Very religious. So I got all of that stuff, but I turned 18, just like everything that, you know, God doesn't want you to do. (laughs) They just said it on me. And um, yeah, Disney was on that list of not cool with Jesus. So no, I wish I had grown up with the Mighty Ducks and stuff. Um, But I got to it in in middle school, high school era, I guess. Um, But I feel like, I don't know, any of the movies that kids watch, I feel like we can, we can spark some love of something in them. I just remember watching, like, the cowboy movies, and I just wanted to ride a, you know, ride a horse. So <laughs> how do we get more people playing hockey? We just put it in all the movies. I think there you great. go, man. And that's, I'll that's hit the up way to do it. So 
So let me let me kind of ask you just a little bit about that. Um, you know, if, if, of course, if you don't mind sharing. So like, Absolutely. you know, kind of like what, so what was it like, like kind of growing up and kind of being a little bit of secluded from all of that, like, you know, quote unquote, secular stuff, let's call it, yeah. um, you know, like were were like were sports like sports were part of your routine, but like a lot of that other like TV shows and movies really weren't. Um, I was. My family is a military family, so they didn't okay. really do the whole like sit around and have fun thing, if that Got makes it. sense. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just I grew up very military, very strict. Um, my parents didn't censor my music that hard. I'll say that. Okay. I still got to listen to like Green Day and and anything like that, but cool. um, yeah, I felt like it was just all this big wave of influence and being a degenerate. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed I missed out on the Mighty Ducks and all the early hockey games and stuff. I feel like there's a lot of nostalgia. I will say I have never in my life hit a puck with a stick. I'll say that. Okay. Because um, we don't really have anywhere that we could go do that around Richmond that I know of, at least. Sure. Um, so I personally just wanted to like, get out on the ice and skate and see what it's like. You know, I've been ice skating oh. with girls, but <laughs> it ain't the same. <laughs> no, yeah, but that, that's cool. awesome. Uh, yeah. And the cool, the cool thing, though... Um, really, it's like you kind of do have a unique opportunity in, you know, like once obviously all of this kind of dies down and you know you get out there and you guys are, are running full U.S., which I'm sure is is going to be on your radar soon, given, uh, you know, the, the success of the CP and shit. I mean, like you could kind of like if you're up there in like the, you know, up there in the kind of the north, you know, doing Chicago and Minnesota and all those places, man, you could definitely find a place to just like on an off day or before a show, just like rent some skates and get on the ice and just like hit some pucks man that's cool that's honestly it's a dream of mine to go play on a frozen lake or pond or something and just just kind of screw around that sounds so cool dude i mean uh mikey mikey you you have a couple of pond hockey stories don't you oh yeah yeah it there's nothing better than playing on a fresh like sleet of frozen pond man it is just it, it it makes you feel like you're back at the root of the game it's just like does something to you even though i like played hockey my whole life but playing pond hockey is completely different it's just so beautiful being out there i wish playing hockey uh was cheaper as a kid that's what i would have done had i not played football but it's like how much do you want to spend on a stick what yeah Yeah. it's definitely uh uh, not a cheap sport to play for sure yeah I commend people for, you know, obviously the NHL level is very brutal, but it's a tough game. I commend people who do it in high school and college. You know, I wish I had had the ability to do it, but there's always hope for beer leagues later, right? That's how that works. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> like, you, you'd be so surprised. Like, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, the, the people that we interview, like a lot of them play pickup hockey and beer league hockey and like, you know, men's mm-hmm. rec league stuff like you know, when they're like home from, from, you know, being on tour and all this stuff, it's like a kind of like a cut loose sort of thing, you know, um, which is, which is awesome, man. It really is awesome. But, uh, um, so, you know, obviously talking a little bit more about, you know, like caps fandom and stuff like that. Um, so I know, like I said, you, you know, you've gotten into hockey, I guess we'll, we'll call it a little bit more recently, but, um, you know, obviously, you know, Ovi aside, because everybody fucking loves Alexander Ovechkin. Uh-huh. But um, do you have any like particular favorites on the on the Caps right now? Like maybe maybe some of the younger guys that you want to see, uh, you know, start kind of like shining real bright. Ah, uh, shoot, who's they just got a new guy on their front line. I don't remember who it was. 
Um, the Caps, other than Ovi, my favorite is Tom Wilson because he's Tom fucking Wilson and he likes to fight. <laughs> um, but Caps, youngins, no. Who who showed up with the Caps this year? Let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I should know these things, right? Um, yeah, I like Tom Wilson. Um, I think Braden Holtby's on the way out, and he's going to get replaced, um, which is probably be good for the team. Jacob Vrana, he's younger. I got a lot of hope for him. I know last season was crazy for him, so hopefully he'll keep it up. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. Like look at looking over the looking over the roster. Like um, I get like uh, this is kind of weird to say because like almost everyone on the roster is is younger than me. But mm-hmm. I mean, like in in retrospect, I mean, it's like it's kind of like a, an older team, you know, like, I mean, you've got, you know, a, a good, good amount of guys are in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, you know, you got um, Samsonov, who's, uh, you know, um, your, uh, your your other guy, you know, aside aside Holby is probably mm-hmm. going to be kind of kind of picking up, uh, picking up the pace after him. But it's kind of it's funky to see, man, like how how that kind of works out. But uh, I. I mean, the, the Caps are just such a, they're just such a technically proficient, um, like just well-oiled team, man. They're just so, so damn good. They're a lot of fun to watch, even as an Islander fan, you know, having like, you know, a little bit of, you know, you know, built-in kind of shit with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like, they really are just such a, an unbelievable team to watch. Yeah, I enjoy it. They're not, they're not super fast, like, you know, Edmonton or something. They definitely, yeah. it's a more powerful yeah. I guess form of hockey and you know Ovi just hangs out there in the left circle waiting to get a slap shot you know it's just they have their <laughs> offense down pat and yeah. I guess it, it just works um but yeah no they're definitely older guys um but I'm ready for the young kids like it was Elias Pedersen came in recently he's one rookie I know he's not with the caps but I've been watching him for uh, I don't know how long yeah we just talked to uh Nick from Chief State and he's a huge, oh, Nick. yeah, he's a huge uh, Vancouver Canucks fan. Okay, weird. I love Nick. That's one of my favorite people. Uh, <laughs> we did a, we did a little U.S. tour with them. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did two U.S.s this tour, and one of them was uh, we were lucky enough to hang out with Chief State, the Vancouver boys. Yeah, they, they um, definitely uh, do like the dual vocals right, man. Oh yeah, they're they're great. It was really cool getting to hang out with them. They got to see us go to Canada and be like, what the fuck? And then we got to see, see them come here. And <laughs> uh, It's good times. I, I miss the Canadian bands. Let me tell you, they party harder than American bands do. I don't know what's up, but every time people <laughs> from Canada roll through, they brought the party with them. Um, I think so it's, you got, beer's actually stronger up in Canada, so when they come here, they probably think it's like lightweight stuff. Pretty much. I just know that every time somebody handed me a beer, it was black and tasted like Sharpies. So, <laughs> I don't know. And as a bartender, I say that. I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's like Sharpies. But uh, no, Canadian people are awesome. But watching the Leafs lose is one of the scariest moments of my life. In a bar, the Leafs lost. I'm trying to load out. Like, oh, people are throwing beers. They're mad. It was great. Um, That's awesome. So um, yeah. you, you rock your Ovechkin jersey on stage. Have, have you had like kids come up to you after your show and like you know say that they're also huge hockey fans um yeah i I get a lot of 
I would say like middle school age uh, boys come up and they're like, I'm a hockey fan. You're a hockey fan. I have a guitar. I want to learn how to play guitar. Well, <laughs> practice, bud. One day you can do what we do and uh, somebody will think it's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say middle school kids and then really old dudes. Like <laughs> like 50-year-old guys who are like, yeah, it's a good team, son. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, right fucking dude you know so of uh, years of of playing shows in like creepy ass places oh, yeah. um you know there's always those those stories of like those like drunk old guys that are just like weird as shit i remember mm-hmm. uh playing a show this is probably dating myself like 10 or 11 years but like some dude was like wearing like suspenders he's probably in his like 60s and he just like we were like we're like a punk band playing like i don't know somewhere on long island and literally every single like time that like we stopped playing music this motherfucker just like would throw up like devil horns at us just be like like yeah (laughs) and then like literally like we'd be like all right we're gonna play like another punk song it's gonna be a minute and 40 seconds sure shit yeah (laughs) 13 songs and each time he just kept doing it and then like so we're breaking down our gear, you know, trying to get off. And like the dude starts like he's like walking towards us. Oh. And like, you know, obviously, like we're kind of looking at each other. There's five of us in the band. We're like internally in our heads playing rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. It's, it's going to get the like the like the terrible approach of like having to deal with this guy. And then um, one of the, the guitar player in the band is like, uh, like, hey, Tom, man, I'll, uh, you know, I'll start breaking down your drum equipment. And here I am thinking to myself, like. All right, I guess that's a fair trade because I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to do that. So I'm like, okay, fine. You're going to break down my shit and load it out. I'll take one for the team. But this guy was so drunk and he just kept beating, like talking to me about like Pantera and like Judas Priest. And he's like, you guys remind me of Judas Priest. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But like, that's like one of the kind of like, it, it sucks to say. But it's like one of the most charming things about playing like shows and divey places where it's just like you never know who you're going to run into and you never know like what sort of like feedback or compliments you're going to get. But like that's probably one of the coolest ones I got. Like we played literally like just a bunch of like songs that sounded like, you know, fucking Lifetime and guys like, yeah, you guys remind me of a priest. And I'm like, yeah, sick. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. Thumbs up, drunk guy in overalls. But um, but yeah, you know. It is kind of cool, though, as you get out there and you play like, you know, across the country, you get this perspective of, you know, getting fresh ears onto your music. And, uh, you know, so I don't know if you have like a story about this, but as you guys have been playing like out there on the road, like. Like, you know, let's say like doing support, like, you know, doing support for like for broadside, let's just say, like, has anyone ever like come up to you and be like, yo, I had no idea who you guys were before this, but like you guys completely turned me like I'm fucking into it. Uh, the dudes in As It Is, you know, you know, As It Is. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, they came up to us after our sound check at one of the shows we played to them. And they're like, sounds good, boys. I'm excited to see it. Um, and then they watched us later that night. And I'm not a huge As It Is fan, but I'm very aware of how big of a band they are. So mm-hmm. for the whole band to sit there and watch us. And then when we get off stage, they just said, you guys have you guys got it. You fucking have it. That was really cool because it was the whole band. Nobody was out talking to their girlfriend or whatever. You know, you show up to the venue and everybody scatters their own different ways. Everybody watched us. And so they said, yeah, you guys have it. And then Broadside was like, yeah, they have it, don't they? So those two bands being like, y'all are doing it right. Keep it up. um, You know, that was huge. Um, 
Levi Benton of Miss May I is into it. He works with Sharp Tone a lot. And sweet. So so just having those those older heads be like, this is tight is is very reassuring because we started this band young and we're still young. Our oldest member is twenty five. So mm-hmm. you know, we got a lot of time. Yeah. Um, try and progress. Sure, sure. But but that's a good thing, man. You know, if you got like, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna call Bar down breakdown. I'm your host, Mikey Ryan, live from the hive, joined by my boy Tommy V from the land of Disney. Tommy, how are you this Memorial Day weekend? Um, I'm blessed, man. Uh sorry if I sound a little bit wonky right now. Obviously, I'm uh doing this on my phone because my normal setup has been affected because my uh AC went out, so uh, my complex, they're working on that, so I'm at the, my fiance's sister's on the phone, just trying to keep it real, but um, listen, man, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cool time. We've got a lot of, a lot of cool and exciting things to talk about in the, in the world of hockey, uh, you know, obviously including the fact that uh, the NHLPA, uh, you know, took a, a preliminary vote, uh, you know, on our, uh, on our 2014 you know, uh, playoff schedule that's, uh, you know, been proposed and it passed with flying colors with the exception of two teams that being the hurricanes and the lightning. I imagine that the lightning saw that they were going to end up playing the Islanders and got really scared, which I get, I'd be scared too. you know, a bunch of, a bunch of wimps, you know, uh, across over to the West bums me out, but you know, what is what it is, man. Let's get some hockey going. Yeah, you know, it is the the first step. There's probably five or six more steps like back and forth between the owners and then the players associate association, but it's a good sign. I I, yeah. I think you know, there there was a few weeks where they were saying like, "Oh, there might be hockey in July," but then like nothing was coming out like to make me believe it. And then I was seeing like other hockey leagues calling it quits for the season. I was getting yeah. really really scared, but yep. then Last night that vote came out and I was like, "All right, we're we're making progress and trending in the right direction." Yep. I, I think it's just so funny that the two teams that voted no are the Hurricanes and the Lightning. Like, do you guys even know hockey? Do you even like hockey? Like, do you not want it to come back? What, what's up? Why? I wonder. Like, why do you think they would have voted no? Like, I'm sure they like wanted to come back and play hockey, but like maybe it was like some of the terms of how they proposed. You know how camps would work or or how. Uh, you know, like we, you know, they'd, they'd get back into it. Maybe that they felt weren't right. I wonder what it was. I think it makes sense for the Lightning because the Lightning are one of those teams that would have a first round buy. And mm-hmm. like we said on the last episode, that's not really the greatest. Uh, like, I, I, I think about like college basketball. Yeah. You know, when you have the NCAA tournament, having that first round buy is 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 good. Like, you know, you, you get to to rest up a little bit, let the tournament play out for for a round. But then like hockey, which, you know, they're even saying that they want to instead of doing like a, a five game uh, opening round, they, they actually are discussing doing like a seven best of seven. Wow. Where 
that could be like an extended amount of time. That yeah, that's a lot. That, that's a lot of hockey because you figure. So, the way it's essentially going to work is it's it, it really is the Stanley Cup playoffs except for one extra quote unquote playing round. So you know the the you're going to have the four teams that have the buy. So essentially, you're going to have. 20 teams or rather no eight teams get buys my apologies for each conference so you've got 16 teams playing in so once those preliminary rounds are done then you've got essentially what is your normal stanley cup playoff scenario which is best of seven all the way throughout so you know i was kind of hoping that they were going to do a best of five um you know just to keep it moving along number one and not making it excruciating but i mean like that's a lot of hockey i mean not not that i'm gonna you know complain about getting more hockey but you know for the players i mean especially coming off of three or four months of not doing anything man that you know that could that could be catastrophic especially for some of the older guys you know so that's one of the things that you know if this rolls through uh, that i'm kind of interested to see you know how it affects players if there's a lot more injuries of course which you never want to see but you know it's par for the course i i I agree you know coming cold and then going into the Stanley Cup playoffs is definitely probably going to take a toll on people's bodies. But I, I also think like the Hurricanes are thinking back to, to last playoffs when they swept the Islanders who came off a bye, like not off a bye, but off of like, you know, winning, sweeping their series and then having yep. like an extended having break. Time. Yep. And, then, and then the Hurricanes, like after sweeping the Islanders, were like sitting around waiting for Boston, the Boston series, yep. and then they ended up getting swept. So, like, I think they're, they're worried about those extended breaks, but... Sure. Whatever. Like, I, I can I can see where they're coming from, but at the end of the day, you're a bunch of nerds and dweebs, and <laughs> I want hockey, and I don't care who is playing. I just want to watch some hockey, and I want to see the Stanley Cup raised because... In 2005, 2006, when we, uh, 2004, 2005, when yep. we didn't have yep. it, it was depressing. So, oh, yeah, absolutely, I, man. I really love that we are making progress in negotiations. And hopefully, by the time we drop our next episode, we will have a more clear picture and we could talk about some matchups and seedings and do some like pre playoff shows and all that. So, Hopefully, fingers crossed, say a little prayer to you, prayer to the hockey gods that things go smooth and we can pick this up. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, that's I'll be giving a prayer to the hockey gods every night. But uh, so we've got a, uh, you know, a cool interview coming up. Uh, Mikey, you'll, you want to give us a little bit of uh, insight about uh, who we're interviewing this time around? Yeah, so we have Travis Slack, the drummer from... This band Telltale, who are on Sharp Tone Records, uh, came across the band on a Spotify playlist because I am an old geezer and that's how I find out about music these days. <laughs> and I feel like I could have been a good A&R guy for a label because when I hear something like the first time, I I have a pretty good ear for like what's hip and 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 sounds good. And no joke telltale was one of those bands just like the home team that like 10 seconds into their song rose i was like damn this band has got it man and then i went back and and checked out 
the rest of their discography and yeah, they fucking got it. So um, I, I really expect big things out of Telltale and I think playing that Richmond home sh- hometown show with Grayscale and Points North is going to be huge for them. Cause, yeah, for sure. Because Grayscale is drawing huge numbers these days. They're they they are probably like top five pop punk bands at the at this time. If I had to mm-hmm. like you know list them out, sure. So I think that's huge for Telltale to get the nod and and get that recognition. And uh, it's kind of cool we talk about broadside being like another hometown heroes band from richmond and Mm -hmm. then no joke on friday they announced that they are signing to the same label as telltale so it'd be cool to see you know a telltale broadside tour i'm sure sharp tone would would love that so of course yeah i guess we can get right to the interview but before we do that i do want to thank all our active service men and women and all of those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice, you know, defending our country since this episode will be dropping on Memorial Day. And, you know, politics aside, I think we can all agree that, you know, we we, we have to just sit back and remember all of those who have served in any of our branches of the armed forces. And we appreciate you. And I, I think that's a good point for us to go and talk with Travis about Telltale and the Washington Capitals. Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. Enjoy our interview with Travis from Telltale. See you on the other side. Travis Slack of Telltale. Travis, man, how are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm excited to be here. This is really cool. I haven't gotten an opportunity like this before, so it's oh, interesting awesome. for sure. Yeah. yeah it, how are you de- doing? It's definitely a very specific podcast, if, if you could say the least. Like, 
you have to like a very specific genre of music and a very specific sport, but somehow it's worked. And uh, there's tons of people from this music scene that just happen to like the two two things that we talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna be honest. I gave a few like you know a few second listens, but I haven't sat down with a whole podcast y'all done yet. So I'm excited to see how this goes. Yeah, Very I feel excited. like uh, podcasting has taken kind of it, it's the listeners have kind of taken a little bit of a break since we've been on the pandemic because they're not commuting to work like they used to, or, you know, right. throwing it. And, and that's typically when people are, are listening to the podcast, but as things are slowly back, you know, opening back up, I feel like it's going, people are going to be spinning podcasts again for sure. Hell yeah. So is there a no 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 cursing rule? No, 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 we, no, we, no, no, we just let okay. it fly. We keep it fun, man. All right, word, word. So um I, I guess just to launch in quick question for you. So um you know I I, uh, I noticed that the you know the newest record that you guys put out, uh you guys had linked up with uh with, with Sharp Tone. And I mean I know they've uh you know they've done some stuff with uh like Amur and like uh uh, you know, some other kind of like, you know, heavier bands. And I think they've done uh, like Currents and a bunch of bands. So how, how'd you guys uh, end up getting linked up with them to uh, have them put this release out? So we started the band and it kind of fizzled out from like other local projects. And it was apparent that all of us were much more focused in like, all right, we want to get a deal. We want to get that sort of stuff moving instead sure. of existing. And there's a very thriving DIY culture in Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just more about, you know, trying to be serious and focus. Um, we had our first EP, Good Intentions, recorded, and we just sent it off to a few different record labels. Um, Sharp Tone messaged us back, said, cool, um, you know, I like what you guys are doing. Keep it up. So, you know, we we had a few labels that were encouraging us to keep going. So we really hit the road and tried to tour as much as possible. And when it came down to it, Sharp Tone was really understanding of the vision we had for this next record, the full length that we're hopefully going to put out shortly. Um, awesome. Cool. Yeah, so they're just really cool into like not letting us do what we want, but encourage that creativity. And that wasn't apparent in a lot of other conversations we had with other labels. Excellent, man. Uh, yeah. that, that's awesome to hear. I mean, it's you kind of hear those stories sometimes about uh, you know record labels like you know stifling creativity or record labels kind of wanting you to write, um, you know, a record that kind of fits their, their discography more than, you know, adapting themselves to fit into the bands and, and trust their vision. So it's definitely really cool to, cool to hear that you guys, um, were given that, that amount of kind of levity to, to, to make it work. Um, so I, I know you had kind of mentioned, uh, that you got a new record coming out, um, or hopefully coming out. So that record, uh, that's done, it's just kind of waiting um corona actually threw that off for us pretty pretty good we had some la dates yeah we went out to la to go write uh, a little bit with zach jones from my enemies and i and then john london from point north um and we were supposed to go and and get in the studio and hash these tracks out but then corona hit and we were like we don't want to get stuck in la we're just gonna go home and pause it and see what happens so the record is in our minds done but it hasn't been recorded yet unfortunately but we have the music, so cool. I wish I could tell you anything about it when it's coming out, but you know, no oh, yeah, we, frozen we right now. That. We get that, but uh, 
that that's awesome that you guys are already like scheming and writing to to put out your next release when timeless youth came out in 2019 so you guys are moving quick yeah yeah we knew um when we wrote timeless youth we actually ended up with a lot more songs um than what we wanted and we knew like okay we want to do an ep not an lp we're not an old enough band that people are going to care about 12 tracks you know so we cut three put out the seven and then we've been putting out uh won't be me that single breathe that single um and then what a shame is another single so we're just trying to bridge the gap until the record's done with the singles that we have left oh if nice. that makes sense no yeah, yeah totally makes sense and then yeah. i saw that um recently grayscale is is doing some like I, I wouldn't say local shows, but shows along the, the East Coast, and they, it looks like they're playing a Richmond date, and it's got Telltale and Points North on it as well, right? Yep, yep. We just announced that yesterday. Um, I'm super excited. I've never seen Grayscale, but I've heard nothing but good things. Um, and that's, I think it's September 14th is the date or something, which is kind of scary, you know, like, okay, there's no more shows until September. It's like, good Lord, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm super stoked for that one. That one's going to be a very, very full room. So Yeah, which is awesome. Now, so uh, just, you know, for context, like, it, it's funny. So, you know, we, you kind of touched on on how, you know, Richmond does have a really thriving, you know, DIY scene. Richmond has uh, has cranked out a lot of, like, great bands, man. You know, I think about, um, you know, Strike Anywhere and Down to Nothing and even, like, Municipal Waste and, like, all those kind of bands. So, like, I feel like it's, um, you know, very, like, kind of, like front forward, like kind of like, you know, like punk and like hardcore culture, um, you know, like what, what would you say? Like, you know, maybe being a little bit more on like the pop punky side of things. Like, do you think that Richmond has like a really buzzing, uh, like, like pop punk kind of like emo scene as well? Um, yeah, you, you mentioned before, like hardcore and metal are really big here because Guar's from here and down to nothing and stuff. Um, yeah. So that's, super big um i would see ask me the question one more time i'm sorry no no you're fine so pretty much what i was asking is like you know so like um you've got like a like a pretty deep like you know hardcore and metal scene you got like a pretty deep like kind of punk scene you know like when you talk about like you know like strike anywhere and like all those kind oh, of bands yeah, okay. and, yeah. Uh, so like as far as pop punk is concerned do you think that that like, richmond has a thriving enterprise there or is it like a little bit does it take like, a back seat to that other kind of stuff um pop punk is kind of a four letter word these days it's like nobody wants to be called a pop punk band but they're also playing yes, pop sir. punk yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so i would say that um no the the pop punk scene isn't thriving but the emo scene the shoegaze that stuff yeah. is really really blowing up right now um which is good to see because when i was growing up in richmond it was all about the hardcore scene so now seeing yeah. indie stuff take off is pretty fascinating so Sweet. but i like richmond it's small yeah, you know, I've I've got a a good buddy of mine who um grew up, you know, with with me and Mikey and uh, you know, on Long Island. He moved to uh to Virginia and uh he always talks about, you know, how 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 great it is, how uh you know, how how much of a thriving community it is, uh, you know, how there are a lot of small businesses and all this kind of stuff and just the ethos is is good. So, um, you know, it's always great to hear that, you know, bands coming out of uh of richmond are, are, are thriving just because uh like i i'm um like i go to fest like you know and if you're familiar with it you know fest oh, up yeah. in, uh, in gainesville every year and i feel like there's always a huge contingent of uh of people from rva 
kind of like, you know, playing in bands that are just kind of like held up there and always super cool people. Yeah, Richmond's definitely a, a very awesome city as far as music goes. Um, a lot of the schools around here are like focused primarily on music at a college level. Um, so you just get these these really awesome student musicians who show up in the city and they're used to playing, you know, all their stuff. But then they find Richmond's heavy music. You know, you listen to Guar for the first time, <laughs> something changes in you. Yeah, that's very true, man. I yeah. mean, I got an opportunity to see Guar once and uh, that that do, that does something to you, man. They're they're yeah. they're out there, man. They're wild, but it's cool, man. You know, between the the theatrics and how heavy they are and how really unique they are, um, you know, you might not see anything else like that. Um, you know, I mean, I guess like Reggie in the Full Effect tries to do like guar kind of shit, like on a really small scale, but yeah. like, but uh, I mean, no one, no one quite is going to do it, uh, do it as well as that. But uh, but yeah, no, that, so that's cool, man. So as far <laughs> as um you know, like, like tour plans, like I know kind of everything was a little bit, you know, shook with what's going on with, with the pandemic and all, but, uh, did you guys have, uh, have plans to, to get out there on the road? Uh, we were hoping to do something, um, like late July or August, um, just to try and kind of get us prepared because our goal for the, the fall was a good size support slot. You know, we just went out with broadside this last fall. So we wanted something kind of closer to that tier. Okay. Um, but all of that was assuming we would have a record in hand to send to these bands that were trying to get, you know, larger opportunities through. So sure. not having that right now is a bit of an issue. Um, cause people were like, cool, you know, we're interested. What do you got? And we don't, you know, so it's, the virus has definitely thrown the communication out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I don't believe we have any tours that will be like rescheduled. Okay. I think everything is just what it is. So yeah, we want to get it. back out. We love touring in the summer, but you know now i got a question on the calls broadside yeah. they they don't <laughs> advertise as a richmond band but they are technically a richmond band right yeah so broadside started out of richmond and they have um have changed a few members and half of their band lives in orlando um and then the other half lives here so they don't claim richmond anymore as far as i know um but I do remember when they first went out to L.A., they printed a shirt that it said Broadside L.A. on it, and it was a big deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people still remember it. So I don't know. I mean, I, I fucking love Broadside. They gave us that awesome opportunity and really, you know, took a chance on us, watching us grow up here, because I remember Broadside was, you know, the band. Oh, my God, they reached the top. They got to do all of Warp Tour. They got to tour Europe. Um, so just getting them to encourage us and talk to us is just really cool. But um, yeah, I don't know why they don't do RVA anymore. I guess that's like turnover doesn't claim Virginia, even though they're from like the beach scene. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But, I feel um, like the last time I saw them, they said they were from North Carolina. And I was like, wait, I didn't I didn't think they were. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're changing and, and moving people around and stuff. They went through a lineup change. But um, yeah, Ollie, the lead singer, he's from here. and we've been watching him since he was in bands before broadside so um yeah but they're they're hanging on (laughs) yeah you know it's kind of like i think these days now that you know um you know it's really super easy to have like a garage band set up and have um you know like something to you know to record demos and stuff with i mean like you technically could be a band that lives all over the place and still make it work. I mean, I feel like that's what a lot of these guys are doing 
um, that are in, you know, older bands that are still making records. Like, you know, you talk about like, um, like Saves a Day, for instance, like, you know, half of them live in Nashville. They're across the country in L.A. You know, obviously Chris is bouncing around between like, you know, Los Angeles and Jersey and stuff. But, you know, you can kind of still make it work. But I guess you just kind of sort of got to rep like where you where like you took your first step. So, um, yeah. I don't know, you know, Broadside's one of those bands, man. You know, they, they, you know, they, they signed a victory and then like, you know, it's just like, once you get on like one of those, like five or six labels, you know, whether it's victory or hopeless or equal vision or triple crown, it's just like, you know, you kind of feel like the sky's the limit, but I feel like sometimes, you know, these labels are so quick to sign people that they don't really give them kind of the, the, the creative, like the due diligence that they should. And then, you know, you end up being like, you know, kind of an afterthought, which is kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah, definitely. It, it would suck really bad to work hard on a record and, and not get it. Uh, when we first started talking with Sharpstone, they wanted that, um, you know, that upbeat, bouncy, pop punk, stuff like City Lights. Yeah, um, yeah okay. At, yeah, and essentially like Newfound Glory 2.0 is, is kind of what yeah. they expected from us coming in. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can hear Timeless Youth is not a Newfound Glory record. Yeah, of course. Um, so they were pleasantly surprised. They wanted something from us. We said, all right, how about this instead? And they really liked that. Uh, being the song Rose is what we said to them. Like, hey, this is what Telltale sounds like. Cool. And they loved it. So, yeah, I feel like they, they never told us, like, no, I want this. I want that. It was just, here's my vision for you guys. What do you think? You know, and it's just feels like a team effort. There's no us versus them. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm thankful. Um, and they, those two dudes have a lot of connections. They work with Sumerian and Fearless and all that stuff. So it's a good label. I like them. I just wish I was playing heavier music at this rate. <laughs> all these heavy bands on my label. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I miss, I miss having the double pedal hooked up, you know? No, oh, man. Dude, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I play drums myself and I was in like, uh, I was kind of in like a, I was in a punk band, like kind of like a 90s style punk band, like Lagwagon, like kind of like that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're... and then uh, I transitioned into like being in a in a post hardcore band. But I always played single pedal. Like I was always like a like a, if you're familiar like a like a rat boy like an every time I die kind of dude. Like where I'm just like I don't need to play double pedal. Like I'll just kind of like heel toe it a bunch. And uh, um, but it was just such a blast. Like going from playing like you know fast fast kind of mm-hmm. punk to like more intricate like post hardcore stuff. And uh, I, I I I dude I I know the feeling, man. Like. Sometimes you just like wake up and you're like, man, I miss this, man, I miss that. But and the nice thing about it is, you know, as you as you grow, you know, even though you're putting all your eggs into this basket, which presumably is what you want to do, you know, you could always, you know, get some buddies together and just start writing some fucking metal, man. Just do oh, it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Bryce and I, my the guitarist in Telltale, um, you know, t- our, our joke is Telltale loves metalcore. That's like our, our big <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, no, I'm trying to write beatdown music, honestly. <laughs> nice. Um, but I, I'd say that's one of the core things about Telltale. We have very, very diverse music tastes. We have our metal guy, our pop guy, our classic rock guy, our our dad rock guy. Yeah. There you go. It's always good to have a dad rock perspective in there, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always keeping it fun. Now, Travis, growing up in Richmond, um, it really is kind of halfway between Raleigh and DC. So, oh yeah, you you know, as a kid, you really could have picked either team, and you decided to go with the Capitals. And 
I'm just curious as to how that came about with DC traffic and everything. You're, you're just as far away. So I only go and see Capitals games at the PNC Arena and down there because it's so much cheaper to go see the Caps play the Hurricanes there than it is in DC. Um, but I got into them. Bryce, my guitarist, um, happened to pick up one of the NHL games on sale one day, and he was like, dude, let's play it. And we just kind of played around and goofed around with it. And ever since then, him and I have been super diehard hockey fans. Um, I chose the Caps because I'm not originally from Virginia. I was actually raised in Tennessee. And I came to Virginia. I was like, I got to find a sports team. Fuck the Redskins. I don't like baseball, so I'm not watching the Nats. Capitals, we'll watch some hockey. And I fell in love. It was cool. And, and when you go to PNC games, there's so many Capital fans there. It probably feels like you're at a home, home game anyway. Yeah, yeah, especially I saw the last game they played before they went to the the playoffs when the Canes beat them. I saw their last regular season game there, and the Caps won, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, that's a that's a city that's ready for the Canes to do something. I, I just see them waiting. Like Vegas. You know, Vegas showed up, and everybody was excited, and then they went to the Cup, and everybody was more excited. I have a good feeling for the Canes. Yeah, but. you know, they're definitely a young, fast team, for sure. You know, the, the people of Raleigh, they're, they're really football fans first. And then definitely once football season ends, they start caring about the Hurricanes. But pretty much. <laughs> and then basketball starts and it's like, well, you know, UNC and Duke. So I guess hockey's just out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's brutal. But yeah, so I like the Caps. How about you? What are y'all's teams? So I'm, we're actually Islanders and um we're actually both Islander fans. We both, uh, okay, both, yeah, grew up on Long Island, and you know, right, right, right. You said that. Yeah. It's it's some actually. It's kind of funny, you know. Since I've moved to Charlotte, I've started these things called Isles Meetups, and they're all over the country. And uh, we always have a, a huge crowd that goes to the games in PNC Arena when when uh, the Islanders are there. And there's kind of been a, a grassroots rivalry started between us and the Hurricanes, and it's kind of cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Watching it kind of grow up and, and develop. Yeah, exactly. Because like normally rivalries are like based on like what's the closest city to you. Right. Like the capitals in uh New York. Yeah. So like yeah, the stuff like that. The the fact that, you know, the Islanders are basically ten to twelve hours away from the hurricanes and there's still a little bit of bad blood between us, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh I, I like the fact that the Islanders are so young. That's why I'm excited to watch them grow up and, and you know, turn into the, the fighters that they are or whatever their role may be. But um, so the, the Islanders, I'm not familiar. Who do y'all have rocking on your first line? Do you know? Yeah, so we got Matt Barzell, who is an up-and-coming superstar. I would say, like, in the next three to five years, like, that's going to be a name everyone across the NHL knows if they don't already. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have... Anders Lee, who is kind of just a up front in in the in the in the crease kind of power forward. He, uh -huh. He's uh not the flashiest player, but he's just scores those dirty, ugly, gritty goals. Yeah. And then uh, um Jordan Eberle, who mm -hmm. they got from the Edmonton Oilers. So we we got uh some some names, and we got some you know obviously we got Barry Trotz from the Capitals. So, right. You know, having that world class head coach is just definitely uh 
been nice to see because normally we have just dumpster fire coach or coaches. Yeah. Do, do, do you know how the hockey season is going to play out? Are they just done? Are they not doing a cup? Like, does anybody know? There's a lot of talk right now that they want to have the NHL draft in June. Like, so even before the season ends, they just want to have their draft and kind of get it over with. And then that way they can have like a little bit of a training camp. And there's hopes that like July could be the, you know, the season starting back up. That's what I've seen. It's still rumors at this point. Right. But that, that'd be nice to be able to watch uh, a little hockey over the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Go to the pool, watch a hockey game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nothing mm-hmm. better than that. Right. For sure. So um, it's cool that you mentioned that a video game had, had like made you fall in love with the sport. And it's so funny how many people we talk to that they, they say the same thing, especially with some of our, our younger guests that we have on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, like I said, I grew up in Nashville. I don't know. They have the Preds and they're big now, but the Preds were kind of a joke when I was there, I guess. Um, so I hadn't been to like an official professional level sporting event, anything football or anything. So going to that hockey caps game was my first game ever. And, um, yeah, it was just like, you know, being a little kid again, I played football forever. So I was super excited to come and see the caps. And I feel like video games have a lot of impact on like what young kids do. I know if I hadn't played guitar hero three, I probably wouldn't play guitar right now. So I guess we need to start handing out NHL games to kids and, and see what these American dudes can do. So what was what was your first uh, like NHL game? Like which which you know like what year was it? Which franchise was it? I think it was sixteen. Okay, was the the first one that I got. No, it would have been earlier than that. It'd been like fourteen because I was in high school. So yeah, I was fourteen or thirteen, one of the two. Um, So it's kind of funny. So you know, we uh, like I said, we you know, as our episodes have progressed, we've talked to some people that are like just kind of like a little bit older. And like their first first uh, like NHL games were like, you know, NHL like oh five, like oh six, oh seven. And the crazy thing about those games were like those were the games that like they've kind of gotten away from it now. But those games had like the um, those soundtracks on them that were like predominantly alternative. Yeah, you know, the like, new one, the new one's got um, new Green Day and weird stuff on it, which is not quite alternative, but yeah. Yeah, but like, but at least like, I guess they're trying to get back a little bit to like having it kind of rock and alternative centric. But like, dude, like they mm. were like, you know, I I know like there was an NHL soundtrack that uh, like Portugal the Man was on, and like I think like Bayside was on one of them, and like uh, all of these uh like all of these like you know like kind of you know punky alternative bands. And, you know, some people would even be like, yeah, like, you know, I bought this soundtrack and uh, or rather like I bought this game and like all of a sudden like the soundtrack popped on and I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? And then now all of a sudden, like you've got, you know, people that are checking out bands simply because like they were, you know, playing over a load screen or something, which I think is like such a, a, a cool thing, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I missed out on all those games. I was still into football back then. So I was playing Madden, you know, 04 and all that. Sure, but, sure. Um, yeah, no, that's wild. Now, no, man, it, yeah. it's cool, yeah. That's super cool. Now, Travis, now that you kind of exposed how young you are, like, when you were a younger kid, were you into, like, the Mighty Ducks franchise? Um, Not really. All right, so this is weird. Um, I am 23 years old, but I was raised um, with no internet, no TV, no nothing like that, very religious. So, 
I got all of that stuff, but I turned 18, just like everything that, you know, God doesn't want you to do. <laughs> they just fit it on me. And, um, yeah, Disney was on that list of not cool with Jesus. So no, I wish I had grown up with the mighty ducks and stuff. Um, but I got to it in, in middle school, high school era, I guess. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, any of the movies that kids watch, I feel like we can we can spark some love of something in them. I just remember watching like the cowboy movies, and I just wanted to ride a you know ride a horse. So how do we get more people playing hockey? We just put it in all the movies. I think there great. you go, man. And that's, that's the way to do it. So, so let me let me kind of ask you just a little bit about that. Um, you know, if, if of course if you don't mind sharing, so like Absolutely. you know, kind of like what, so what was it like like kind of growing up and kind of being a little bit of secluded from all of that like you know quote unquote secular stuff. Let's call it. Yeah. Um, you know, like were were like were sports like sports were part of your routine but like a lot of that other like tv shows and movies really weren't um i was my family is a military family so they didn't really do the whole like sit around and have fun thing if that makes sense okay um so yeah i just i grew up very military very strict um my parents didn't censor my music that hard i'll say that okay i still got to listen to like green day and and anything like that but um yeah, I felt like it was just all this big wave of influence and being a degenerate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed I missed out on the Mighty Ducks and all the early hockey games and stuff. I feel like there's a lot of nostalgia. I will say I have never in my life hit a puck with a stick. I'll say that. Okay. Because um, we don't really have anywhere that we could go do that around Richmond that I know of, at least. Sure. Um, so I personally just wanted to like, get out on the ice and skate and see what it's like. You know, I've been ice skating oh. with girls, but <laughs> it ain't the same. <laughs> No, man, but that that's cool. awesome. Uh, yeah. And the cool the cool thing though, um, really, is like you kind of do have a unique opportunity. In you know, like once obviously all of this kind of dies down, and you know you get out there and you guys are, are running full U.S., which I'm sure is is going to be on your radar soon, given uh, you know the the success of the CP and shit. I mean, like you could kind of like if you're up there in like the you know up there in the kind of the north, you know, doing chicago and minnesota and all those places man you could definitely find a place to just like on an off day or before a show just like rent some skates and get on the ice and just like hit some pucks man that's cool that's honestly it's a dream of mine to go play on a frozen lake or pond or something and just just kind of screw around that sounds so cool dude i mean uh mikey mikey you you have a couple of pond hockey stories don't you oh yeah yeah it there's nothing better than playing on a fresh like sleet of frozen pond man it is just it 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 makes you feel like you're back at the roots of the game it just like does something to you even though i like played hockey my whole life but playing pond hockey is completely different it's just so beautiful being out there i wish playing hockey uh was cheaper as a kid that's what i would have done had i not played football but it's like how much do you want to spend on a stick what yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's definitely uh not a cheap sport to play for sure yeah I commend people for, you know, obviously the NHL level is very brutal, but it's a tough game. I commend people who do it in high school and college. You know, I wish I had had the ability to do it, but there's always hope for beer leagues later, right? That's how that works. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> like, you, you'd be so surprised. Like, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, the the people that we interview, like a lot of them play pickup hockey and beer league hockey and like, you know, men's mm-hmm. rec league stuff like you know, when they're like home from, from, you know, being on tour and all this stuff, it's like a kind of like a cut loose sort of thing, you know? 
um, oh, yeah. which is which is awesome, man. It really is awesome. But uh, um, so you know, obviously talking a little bit more about you know like Caps fandom and stuff like that. Um, so I know, like I said, you you know you've gotten into hockey. I guess we'll we'll call it a little bit more recently. Yeah. But um, you know, obviously, you know, Ovi aside, because everybody fucking loves Alexander Ovechkin. Uh-huh. But um, do you have any like particular favorites on the on the Caps right now? Like maybe maybe some of the younger guys that you want to see, uh, you know, start kind of like shining real bright. Ah, uh, shoot, who's they just got a new guy on their front line. I don't remember who it was. Um, the Caps, other than Ovi, my favorite is Tom Wilson because he's Tom fucking Wilson and he likes to fight. <laughs> Um, but Caps, youngins, no. Who who showed up with the Caps this year? Let's see. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I should know these things, right? Um, yeah, I like Tom Wilson. Um, I think Braden Holtby's on the way out, and he's going to get replaced, um, which is probably be good for the team. Jacob Vrana, he's younger. I got a lot of hope for him. I know last season was crazy for him, so hopefully he'll keep it up. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like look at looking over the looking over the roster. Like um, I get like uh, this is kind of weird to say because like almost everyone on the roster is is younger than me. But mm-hmm. I mean, like in in retrospect, I mean it's like it's kind of like a, an older team. You know, like I mean, you've got you know a, a good good amount of guys are in their late twenties, early thirties. Um, you know, you got um Samsonov, who's uh, you know um. Your, uh, your your other guy, you know, aside aside Holby is probably going to be kind of kind of picking up uh, picking up the pace after him. But it's kind of it's funky to see, man, like how how that kind of works out. But uh, I I mean, the, the Caps are just such a they're just such a technically proficient, um, like just well oiled team, man. They're just so so damn good. They're a lot of fun to watch, even as an Islander fan. You know, having like you know a little bit of you know you know, built in kind of shit with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like, they really are just such a, an unbelievable team to watch. Yeah. I enjoy it. They're not, they're not super fast, like, you know, Edmonton or something. They definitely, yeah. it's a more powerful yeah. I guess, form of hockey. And, you know, Ovi just hangs out there in the left circle waiting to get a slap shot. You know, it's just, they have their <laughs> offense down pat and yeah. I guess it, it just works. Um, but yeah, no, they're definitely older guys. Um, but I'm ready for the young kids. Like it was, Elias Pedersen came in recently. He's one rookie. I know he's not with the Caps, but I've been watching him for uh, I don't know how long. Yeah, we just talked to uh, Nick from Chief State, and he's a huge. Oh, Nick! Yeah, he's a huge uh, Vancouver Canucks fan. Okay, weird. I love Nick. That's one of my favorite people. Uh, <laughs> we did a, we did a little U.S. tour with them. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. We did two U.S.s this tour, and one of them was uh, we were lucky enough to hang out with Chief State, the Vancouver boys. Yeah, that they definitely uh, do like the dual vocals right, man. Oh yeah, they're they're great. It was really cool getting to hang out with them. They got to see us go to Canada and be like, "What the fuck?" And then we got to see see them come here, and <laughs> uh, it's good times. I, I miss the Canadian bands. Let me tell you, they party harder than American bands do. I don't know what's up, but every time people <laughs> from Canada roll through, they brought the party with them. Um. I think so it's, you got, beer's actually stronger up in Canada, so when they come here, they probably think it's, like, lightweight stuff. Pretty much. I just know that every time somebody handed me a beer, it was black and tasted like Sharpies. So, <laughs> I don't know. And as a bartender, I say that. I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's like Sharpies. But, 
Oh, no. Canadian people are awesome, but watching the Leafs lose is one of the scariest moments of my life. <laughs> In a bar, the Leafs lost. I'm trying to load out. Like, oh, people are throwing beers. They're mad. It was great. Um, That's awesome. So, um, yeah. you, you rock your Ovechkin jersey on stage. Have, have you had, like, kids come up to you after your show and like you know say that they're also huge hockey fans um yeah i I get a lot of i would say like middle school age uh boys come up and they're like i'm a hockey fan you're a hockey fan i have a guitar i want to learn how to play guitar well (laughs) practice bud one day you can do what we do and uh somebody will think it's cool (laughs) um but yeah i would say middle school kids and then really old dudes (laughs) <laughs> like, like fifty-year-old guys are like, yeah, it's a good team, son. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, right, fucking dude. You know, so <clears throat> of years of of playing shows in like creepy ass places. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there's always those those stories of like those like drunk old guys that are just like weird as shit. I remember mm-hmm. uh, playing a show. This is probably dating myself like ten or eleven years, but like some dude was like wearing like suspenders. He's probably in his like. 60s and he just like we were like we're like a punk band playing like i don't know somewhere on long island and literally every single like time that like we stopped playing music this motherfucker just like would throw up like devil horns at us just be like like yeah (laughs) and then like literally like we'd be like all right we're gonna play like another punk song it's gonna be a minute and 40 seconds sure shit yeah literally i think we played like 13 songs and each time he just kept doing it and then, like, so we're breaking down our gear, you know, trying to get off. And, like, the dude starts, like, he's, like, walking towards us. Oh. And, like, you know, obviously, like, we're kind of looking at each other. There's five of us in the band. We're, like, internally in our heads playing rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. It's going to get through, like, the like the terrible approach of, like, having to deal with this guy. And then um, one of the, the guitar player in the band is, like, uh, like, hey, Tom, man, I'll, uh, you know, I'll start breaking down your drum equipment. And here I am thinking to myself, like, all right, I guess that's a fair trade because I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to do that. So I'm like, okay, fine. You're going to break down my shit and load it out. I'll take one for the team. But this guy was so drunk and he just kept being like talking to me about like Pantera and like Judas Priest. And he's like, you guys remind me of Judas Priest. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But like, that's like one of the kind of like, it, it sucks to say but it's like one of the most charming things about playing like shows and divey places where it's just like, you never know who you're going to run into and you never know like what sort of like feedback or compliments you're going to get. But like, that's probably one of the coolest ones I got. Like we played literally like just a bunch of like songs that sounded like, you know, fucking lifetime. And guys like, yeah, you guys remind me of a priest. And I'm like, yeah, sick. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll take it. Thumb, thumbs up drunk guy in overalls. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, you know, it is kind of cool though, as you get out there and you play like, you know, across the country, you get this perspective of, you know, getting fresh ears onto your music. And, uh, you know, so I don't know if you have like a story about this, but as you guys have been playing like out there on the road, like, like, you know, let's say like doing support, like, you know, doing support for like, for broadside, let's just say like, has anyone ever like come up to you and be like, yo, I had no idea who you guys were before this, but like you guys completely turned me like I'm fucking into it. Uh, the dudes in as it is, you know, you know, as it is. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, they came up to us after our sound check at one of the shows we played to them, and they're like, "Sounds good, boys. I'm excited to see it." Um, and then they watched us later that night. And I'm not a huge as it is fan, but I'm very aware of how big of a band they are. So mm-hmm. for the whole band 
to sit there and watch us. And then when we get off stage, they just said, you guys have, you guys got it. You fucking have it. That was really cool because it was the whole band. Nobody was out talking to their girlfriend or whatever. You know, you show up to the venue and everybody scatters their own different ways. Everybody watched us. And so they said, yeah, you guys have it. And then Broadside was like, yeah, they have it, don't they? So those two bands being like, y'all are doing it right. Keep it up. Um, You know, that was huge. Um, Levi Benton, the Miss May I is into it he works with sharp tone a lot and sweet so so just having those those older heads be like this is tight is is very reassuring because we started this band young and we're still young our oldest member is 25 so you know we got a lot of time yeah um, try and progress sure sure but but that's the good thing man you know if you got like you know i'm, I'm not going to call it a formula because you know formula kind of has that negative connotation of like you know real friends you know having their whole fucking life written in a in like a book or whatever they did i don't know but but you know it's good that you guys have have kind of hit your stride but the cool thing is now that like as you guys grow as musicians as you grow as people you could take this foundation that you've built and then like just kind of build layers on top of it like that's what i think i like you know like for me i think of bands like um like title fight right like title fight man when they started they were like young they had this like this pop punk thing like down and then as they put out more records, like they started like dipping their toes into this and they were like, well, you know, we we listen to like a Texas is the reason record. Let's try to do something like this. Or, you know, we listen to slow dive. So let's try to do like something like this. And it's cool because they've found a way to do it with each record and not like completely um, like push aside you know, old heads, you know, because that's one of the things like that. I, I feel like people in bands got to deal with all the time. Like, unless you are a band like newfound glory who has found a way to like write very like kind of pattern the same record. Um, you always got to deal with people that are like, Oh, you know, the fucking seven inch was great. Then you guys sold out. So like, it's like, you know, you got to kind of find like a happy medium there, but you know, I, I knowing that you guys are at least on the path, you know, being so young and, and, and super talented, man, I'm, I'm stoked for you guys. Really, really very much so. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get the new music out and, uh, you know, to keep this train rolling. We've had so much happen in the past year. Two full U.S.'s. We've fleshed out our team. You know, we've just been constantly working towards that. Um, so it's it's hard not knowing, like, what our peers are doing because obviously sharp tone is a very like metal heavy band um so that can get kind of tricky but i just feel like the older heads specifically in richmond mm-hmm. don't want to see anybody leave diy because it's mm-hmm. such this like strong culture yeah. around it um but i've always been the guy who you know those musicians sit on those records for two years, three years sometimes before they even get to put them out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're spending four years listening to the same damn songs and then you're going to come and complain about it. <laughs> like, yeah. Stuff like that. But you know, what's yeah. tough, man. So DIY culture, I always liken it to, so I'm a, I'm a big uh, professional wrestling fan. Okay. Um, word. Yeah. And I always liken it to like, you know, when you have like a favorite pro wrestler, that's like doing his thing on like the, on like the indies. Right. And he's like, out there and you know he's like wrestling for a couple hundred bucks a night and he's doing all this crazy shit and then like you're like yeah man i love this guy and then like all of a sudden like he he gets an opportunity to sign with you know like the wwe mm-hmm. and then like now all of a sudden like 
all of his like you know hardcore indie fans are like ah oh, you know like fuck that like they're holding him back and da, da, da. but it's like this dude who like you know has been out there for years and years scratching and surviving on like 50 bucks and a hot dog after going out there and wrestling 20 minutes like he's finally has the opportunity to make like a salary and have health benefits and like you know be able to do what he loves and i like and i i kind of feel the same way with with music now like i might not have felt that same way 15 years ago because I was like a little like, you know, punk kid. And I didn't really realize that like, you know, when a, when a punk band signs to a major label, you know, like, it's, it's not like you're taking them away from me. It's you're putting them in a position to, to be able to, to, you know, to, to feed their kids and shit. So like, that's the one thing that, you know, the kind of like the DIY ethos gets lost <laughs> on me sometimes. It's just like, you know, you want people to succeed and break out of their shells because at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the goal, the merit, the real American dream here, right. That we can all say is being able to do what you love and getting paid comfortably to do it. So yeah. like who wouldn't want you to kind of graduate out of that, you know, and, and, and make it worthwhile. So, you know, I, I guess that's the one thing that I, it kind of pulls me back out of it, but, um, but I get it. You know, I do, I do. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on the DIY culture, and I and I mean, no disrespect to any of the bands here, or you know how it is. Um, yeah. But when I sat down and decided, like, all right, I want to start this band, it was Bryce and I sat down. You know, mm-hmm. who who do we want? Um, and and it was, I don't know. I feel like picking a team with people and trying to understand like how you're gonna get blowback from it. Yeah. is is kind of tricky in this this DIY thing but they they just it's all a party everybody wants to hang out and get drunk and have friends and that's cool but Telltale isn't really a huge party band yeah um and you know we consider progression for us getting to go back to the same venue in California that we just played and have it twice as full hell yeah of course yeah you know, and and i i guess it's the travel thing um is kind of broken me out of it a little bit cuz i used to be super you know DIY house shows and stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It just loses its luster when you go out with a band like Broadside, and the first night of the show, it's three hundred and something kids out there, and they're here for you. They came to party. They know Telltale too because of Broadside. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was cool. Um, if you guys want to throw this in there, the music video for Daisy came out a year ago. Yesterday, that was one of the tracks off Good Intentions, but we did the music video in this house show. Oh, sick. Yeah, and that was kind of like our adieu to, you know, we're we love Yellow House, but we've we've grown. So sure, sure, yeah. There's a no, lot of def- great bands coming out, and I'm ready for them to grow too. Awesome, awesome, man. But that's uh, that, you know, no, that solidarity is is the most important thing. Is you know, understanding that like, you know, growth is important. You know, but also you know, being able to 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 expand and kind of build your build your brand, and, and again, eventually, you know, be able to you know, get enough out of this that you have a, you know, your, your legacy as an artist, you know, a legacy as musicians, but you also have, you know, some, some money to look back on, to be like, Hey, like I did this, I got paid. This was awesome. Uh, because I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, that's, it's, it's America, man. That's, that's how we, we operate. Like you gotta be able to, to pay rent and shit. So, um, but dude, I, I, I'm, I'm loving it, man. Um, I'm definitely going to check out that music video uh, as we've been chatting for just a little under an hour. Um, you know, it's been super, super cool to, to get to know you a little bit more about uh, Telltale. Um, one last quick question for you, and then we'll uh, start wrapping this up. So um, as far as like your, the connection between like, 
you know, hockey and music, you know, that we kind of like pin this whole podcast on. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say, like, for, for you, for like you specifically, like, how could you see like these two things kind of crossing over for you as, you know, you get to kind of, you know, build and, and become a bigger band with more fans? So just how has that, repeat the question for me one more time yeah so i, I uh, guess like just to just to like no you, you could like just to kind of like simplify it like you know hockey and music like how do you see that connection building you know from uh you know a, a band like you know you guys are right now where you know you're going out for three to four hundred kids to you know in a couple of years from now maybe you know selling out 15 2000 cap rooms like you know is it something that you're gonna you know impress on because of your love of the sport or is it something that you feel just kind of takes a back seat uh, I definitely think it would it would impress on me. Um, you know, everybody wants to see growth. Everybody wants to see yeah. that their hard work pays off or something. And I think that applies to any, um, you know, talent or skill. You want to call it playing guitar, playing hockey. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope that people can find a way to, like, make them merge um, musically and hockey. But I, I don't know that American football is ever going to step down. I wish they yeah. could. I wish they could. Um, but all I can hope is that hockey stays kind of that free sport where, like, sure. you know, they let each other fight. They let each other go. It has a lot of leeway with it. Um, and there's rivalries, but there's all good blood. So I feel like if we could have the music fans take some of, like, the acceptance that sports fans have, mix it all together, maybe. I don't know. I still think that there should be, like, more people should do shit on stage with, like, this is my, you know, New York Rangers guitar, or, you know, this is my cool drum head with the Leafs logo on it and just kind of get people like, Oh, what's that? You know? Um, and then the dream, I guess, is that Alex Ovechkin's at the next gig. I, that's how that works out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a t-shirt if you'll just sign my Jersey. Well, dude, you, you joke, but, uh, <laughs> Derek from state champs is a huge Dallas stars fan. And like uh -huh. Jamie Ben actually went to, um, one of their shows when he was in Dallas. That's nuts. That would be so cool. That would yeah. be so cool. So you just got to go on tour with Simple Plan and they'll pull all their connections for you. Yeah, we just <laughs> only go out with Canadian bands and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I hear Nickelback's free this fall. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, don't yeah. do that. That'd um, be a career suicide. Uh, is Nickelback worse than Corona? You tell me that. <laughs> uh, that's a tough question, man. Oh, it's okay. My band's Imagine Dragons. I can't stand them. That's everybody has Nickelback. I have Imagine Dragons. <laughs> you can cut that out of the podcast because people won't like. But no, um, fuck no, yeah, no. We'll yeah, they could, good. We could talk as much shit about them. That's fine. All right, man, Travis, man, I really appreciate you coming on, and you know, hopefully, you continue to love the sport that I love so much, and oh, I, yeah. I can't wait to hear this new record when you finally get to go and record it, and I think big things for you guys in Telltale, and you're going to love playing with Grayscale. Um, Vaughn, oh, yeah. their guitarist, is a huge uh, Philadelphia Flyers fan, so talk shit to him. I was going to say, I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay, because <laughs> the, sound, the sound guy that night's a Flyers fan, too, so they can just go sit in the corner. Yep. So <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, they, they actually mm -hmm. they did something cool. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you saw what they've been doing during this whole quarantine, but the whole band got together and created like an NHL grayscale franchise. That's sick. And they, they've been like 
playing these games together and like playing a whole season, which is kind of cool because they're all hockey fans. Yeah. One thing I will say that I think is worth, uh, it's noteworthy. There's this uh, person on Twitter who has been covering like all these random people's songs, including ours. Um, but they did it with Grayscale stuff and Grayscale actually bought them a new guitar out of, out of the band's money. They bought them a new guitar. It was the most heartfelt shit ever. So, if anybody says anything about Grayscale, just let them know they bought a little girl a guitar because she sang No Evita. So, I thought that was pretty damn cool. I wish my band could just buy people guitars for covering our Are songs. Are there people <laughs> really out there talking shit about Grayscale? I feel like they're so fucking on point. Oh, it's all it's all jealousy. It's the kids who don't understand that you can charge eighty dollars for a hoodie. You just have to do it the right way. <laughs> oh yeah, their their merch game is strong, man. Like I feel like they do it yeah. right. Grayscale is a clothing company that happens to play music every yeah, now and seriously. again. That's what I think. Seriously, but yeah, no, and they're they're a fire band. I've never heard anything bad about them personally, so I'm very excited. Plus, their drummer rips. So, touche, man. All I'm right, ready. but yeah, thank y'all so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're we're super excited for what you guys got coming up, and uh, thanks once again. Yeah, thank you. I'll catch y'all later. All right, see you, Travis. Yeah, you well, buddy. that oh it's awesome man um you know travis is just like a super cool down-to-earth guy uh loved getting to you know chat with him about you know telltale his connections to uh you know to to richmond and the and the deep kind of diy scene that they have there uh it kind of makes me think about you know long island and long island has a lot of that too um you know we talked about it a little bit on uh you know our episode with uh with Dan from makeshift, you know, but there's a lot of, you know, younger guys in the, you know, on, on Long Island that have been, you know, cranking out DIY shows, you know, putting together, you know, uh, shows in small venues and, you know, not having, you know, pay to play and ticket sales and all that kind of stuff to really just put on some cool stuff. And it reminds me a lot of, uh, um, you know, a, a venue that was near and dear to my heart, which, you know, you, uh, you ended up kind of missing out on because you were already gone. But uh, one of my real good friends, Jimmy, um, you know, 
out of the back of his dad's wood shop, started up a venue called the wood shop. And, uh, I mean, it existed for probably a good three or so years, but it was all, all DIY, man. It was just this space. Um, it was inclusive, you know, it, 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 we never had any problems there. Shows never got shut down. It was always a good environment uh, for, for people to be. It was always safe. I mean, you could drink there, but there was never any problems. And I mean, there were so many uh, fantastic shows that were there. And it just reminds me of how important, um, you know, DIY culture can be. Even if, you know, sometimes in the mix of it, like we talked about with Travis, it can get a little elitist, uh, you know, but as long as you kind of curb that mentality, um, you know, it's it's a great thing for for, you know, giving musicians the opportunity to 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 play to people, to get recognition, to get their names out there. Um, but oh man, the wood shop, dude, I mean, like, I can't tell you how many times Iron Sheik played there, Foxing played there once, um, Saves the Day played there, a uh, bunch of bands that I love to play there, Trophy Scars, um, just, I'm just trying to think. Uh, even Makeshift played there a couple of times. My bands have played there a couple of times. Um, so, like, I don't know if it's something you're far removed from, but like, can you think of anything in Charlotte that's that way? Or is that something that's kind of off your radar at this point? Dude, I don't want to lose my, my scene cred, but I've <laughs> only been to one house show in my ever, you know, existence of going to shows. And, and what was that show? Oh, dude. So it was so epic. So it was when I was living in Albany, New York, and there was this house show at at this place called the ice house okay and it was legit an ice house so like the the house um i guess is like on the upper hudson so okay. it, you know in the 17 and 1800s before the refrigerator they they the like the family business was to go out on the hudson and you know carve out huge blocks of ice and they would keep wow. it in the ice house and and that's what this house was. And it was a beautiful house. And I remember walking in, you know, like I said, first time ever going to a house show. And I was in my late 20s. So I wasn't mm -hmm. like a jerk. Like I was a respectful adult. And it was such a nice house that I had like asked the guy that owned the house, like, hey, should I take my shoes off? <laughs> like, because it was <laughs> such a nice house. And yeah, they were really cool. Like, the mom made chocolate chip cookies and had them in her kitchen for like all the people coming to the show. And that's great. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. And since it was called the ice house, I, you know, being the goof I am had to go and pick up a 30 pack of ice house and <laughs> distribute it among the people at the show. And, uh, it, it turned out to be a great time. And the, and the show was Dikembe. Um, oh, great. Love the Kembe. My mouth is the speaker. And what was it? Weatherbox or Weathervane? What, what's the... Oh, yeah. Okay. So I know that tour. That tour um, that tour came through Long Island. I think actually I was, I might have been in a band that played that show. But yeah, it was the Kembe, My Mouth is the Speaker, Weatherbox. Um, trying to think of who else was on. Was... <sighs> yeah, but I know exactly the tour you're talking about for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I, I was so in love with my mouth as a speaker and still am like they're yeah. one of my favorite bands, you know, even though they haven't really put out music in a while, 
Um, By the way, not to interrupt you, and I'll let you keep going, but you know he's got like a new project that he, you know, that he has called Eighty Sixth Kid. Have you have you heard it yet? No, I haven't. Okay, when yeah, when you when we get off this podcast, go look it up because it's I think like a a solo project that that Daniel is is doing. Um, you know, because I guess like my mouth is kind of on like a break, but definitely check it out because uh, he just released some music and it's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. So that was that was really the only house show i i've ever been to and it was cool obviously the the sound quality isn't to par and yeah you know i i was going to see my mouth as a speaker after listening to them for a few years so like yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to be able to sing along and actually like hear the how like tight they were as a band yeah but, exactly you know and, at, and... at a house show you can't really get that as much yeah no you're, you're like extremely loud first of all Mm-hmm. And then, like, they don't have the thousands of dollars equipment that, yeah, you know, a real venue has. But it's crazy because it's just like a part of that is what makes it so special because it's like you get kind of an opportunity to, you know, like hear music. And even if it isn't the best quality, but like it's like an interface that you may not ever get. So it's like I think of, um, you know, one of the house shows that like I went to that I, I, I played. Uh, when I was in Ink and Lead, uh, we played a house show with the Swellers, right? And um, it was super cool because, like, you know, I got to hang out with with Nick and Jono and uh, and like you know all the Swellers dudes and like you know get to know them and get to chat with them and and all this stuff, which um, you know y- you like, and then and then you think of kind of how they grew up as a band and like it's always so interesting when you see a band on the floor as opposed to on a stage. I think it's just something about that, that makes it um, a little bit more intimate when like you have a a floor show where you, you know, you feel like you're on the same level. Whereas on a stage, it always, not that it, it ever means to be, but it's like, it's, it's pedestal like, you know? So it's like, you know, they're above you playing down to you. And it's just like, you know, you're, you're kind of reaching and you know, that's always the way I felt with that kind of stuff. But you know, how shows have, um, I have their place in my heart. I mean, I've played a bunch. I've gone to a bunch, um, you know, and obviously, you know, the woodshop has always had that house show mentality because it was really just a room. I mean, they ended up building a small little stage, but I mean, all of the cool bands that I got to see there, all of the awesome experiences that, you know, I got to have there, um, you know, house shows were a very, very big part of what brought me up musically as a, you know, as a young kid uh, and, you know, getting to talk to Travis about that and about, you know, that again, that DIY mentality of doing it yourself and booking shows yourself and, you know, trying to find venues where, you know, you can have shows and do things and not have to pay, you know, hundreds of dollars is, is a, is a really important thing. And, you know, I'm glad to know that it still exists around the country, uh, you know, with, you know, some of this kind of music, again, being a very, very sellable, um, you know, it's nice to know that it's still, you know, in arm's reach. And are you even a pop punk band if you don't have a house show music video? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, you're <laughs> not. You're absolutely not. I don't think you are. So no, I, I would I would agree with that. I really would agree with that. And uh, one last thing to to touch upon before we we you know we we let you guys go um, is uh, you know we talked a little bit about um, you know obviously in the intro about uh broadside and them you know signing with sharp tone which is the same label that uh you know telltale is on but 
uh, one of the crazy things I'm, I'm noticing is uh, pure noise is just starting to um, to sign all of these like all of these unbelievable bands. They just announced that they signed the Bouncing Souls. I mean, like they are literally pioneers in like in the in the punk world, and here they are signing to Pure Noise, which you know a couple of years ago was like a label that was just you know, kind of, kind of getting its sea legs, you know, as they say. And now all of a sudden, uh, all of these big bands are are going over to Pure Noise uh, because the, you know, the management is so great. They're allowing the bands to do so much. And I know, you know, unfortunately, it was before my time, but you got to chat with, um, with, with the founder of Pure Noise. So, you know, uh, Bouncing Souls, that's a huge get. Yeah, Jake Round is an awesome dude and huge hockey guy and. The whole like story of how Pure Noise Records got started was basically at a men's league hockey game. <laughs> Seriously, it's crazy. Like he he was playing on a team where, you know, obviously you're gonna have to go back and listen to the interview because he goes in obviously better detail of it. But sure, sure, yeah. Like someone on on the opposing team's like wife or something was like A and R at some other label and and like. I I don't even really remember to, to to be honest, but it was just crazy that really like the idea of going into like the record label and management side of things all started at a pickup hockey game. Incredible, incredible! Yeah, I, I, full I circle. Just wanted to... What? Full circle. Every, every full circle. Oh, I was I I could hear that. I thought you were just like far apart. <laughs> but uh, that that seems like a a, a good of. of a good a point as ever to uh, go ahead and uh, and let you guys go. I just wanted to give a, a shout out to uh, to Jake and the Pure Noise guys, just because, like I said, that is a huge get. And the Bouncing Souls are a huge, huge, uh, you know, integral punk band. And, and, you know, having them on the label will just, you know, do nothing but give them more credibility and give, you know, the band an outlet to, to you know, make more music and kind of move it on their terms. But uh, having said that, uh, loved our interview with, uh, with uh, Travis there from... Um, uh from telltale super super cool dude like i said they've got a lot of good things coming on the horizon but you know as always we appreciate you you listening in you can get us at bardownbreakdown.com we have all of our episodes archived there uh you can get us at bdbd podcast and bardown breakdown on twitter and instagram go ahead and give us a follow and interact with us let us know if there's anyone you'd like to see on the podcast anyone you want us to talk to any topics you think we should cover uh, you know, we'll, we'll still have a bunch of cool stuff coming up in the in the coming weeks and months. Obviously, we're, uh, you know, we're we're committed to uh, to keeping you guys engaged. And, uh, you know, we have a blast doing it, too. So um, on that note, you know, you, you guys enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. And like we did say in the intro, please, please just, uh, you know, keep in mind that a lot of people did make the ultimate sacrifice, uh, you know, for our freedoms. And, you know, no matter where you are in partisan politics, we can all agree that, you um, it is really, really important to uh, take the day and uh, make sure that we remember the people who have fought for our country, fought for us, and fought for our, fought for our way of life. And that's very, very important. So on that note, love all you guys out there. And uh, Mr. Michael, yeah. do the honors. Yeah. And, you know, if you're partying on Memorial Day, you know, after you listen to this podcast, go and throw on our Spotify playlist that uh, is comprised of... Um, all former guests that we've had on the podcast and is comprised the correct word <laughs> yeah no that, that's the good one that's the good word all right yeah so it's comprised <laughs> of all our former guests and 
it's over 13 hours. So if you're going on a real long bender for Memorial Day, you could throw it on and just party out for the whole entire day with this playlist. So um, make sure you check that out, follow it, like it. And in the future, we'll probably break it down into kind of like subgenres because it really is such a beast. But for the time being, enjoy it and enjoy your holiday. And I will talk to you soon, Tom. Peace be with you. And also with you. Everybody's acting